Hey, everybody, and welcome to Age of Geek. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And Tracy. Tracy's yeah, just used to I'm Jake, and he just jumps in with I'm Tracy. And, and I'm well, Robert. Yeah, perfect. So we're just going to jump in, too. I mean, if Tracy's jumping in, I'm jumping in. That's, that's the way we do it. We as long as have... it's shallow, because if it's too deep, then I'm kind of screwed. What? Whatever. Robert, you go deep on these shows than anybody else we have on, so <laughs> I the deep end is no problem for Robert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to hearing I'm Jake, and I just have Lovian responses to introduce myself. We'll be out, like, you know, if we meet for lunch or something, and the waitress comes over, I'm like, I'm Jake. Tracy's like, I'm Tracy, and Val fights right in with Val. I'm, I'm Val. That's usually how she says it. Oh, so she'll be like, and I'm Robert. There yeah, you go. Keep, just to keep there the cadence. Yep, yep. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we are excited because, well, I, I hope we're excited. But we're excited to have you here, Robert. That part I know we're excited about. Um, we're excited to have you back, Tracy. Uh, I'm the lone uh, wolf from Age of Geek. Uh, but we have some great guests, and I'm excited to be here with both of you. And we are talking about the DCU announcements. I think that's what we're calling it now, right? DCU? DCU. DCU. Yes. James Gunn made some major announcements about what the slate is and what their plan is. Uh, for the future, he says it's a ten-year plan, which I think I think is what he said, something like mm-hmm. ten-year plan. Eight to ten years was the original comment, and then ten is what he's been kind of sticking with lately. Yeah, so a ten-year plan for the DC universe. It's going to be more interconnected uh, with the TV stuff, connecting with the movie stuff, connecting with animated stuff. Uh, kind of, and we'll talk about that and, a little bit. And video you, games and games, and video games, yeah. But he, he added an escape valve in there for them as well, for the stuff that isn't going to be connected. And we'll talk about that because there's some big projects that are related to that. But overall, he says they have a plan. I feel like we've heard that before. <laughs> what are your guys' overall impressions from what he announced and, and the direction that he and Peter Safran seem to be going with the DC Universe? Uh, oh, Tracy. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, I would say that this sounds, I think that my, my comment to people when they've asked me about it has been, it sounds promising. I, I don't want to put all of my eggs into one basket and just go, it's perfect because we haven't seen anything yet. Right. But um, listening to what they were, what the initial announcement where they were like, we have a plan. And then all the speculation that came out from all of the fanboys going, it's going to be, this, it needs to be this, it should be this. And him going, Nobody knows what it's going to be yet. I think that he was trying to manage expectations early and then take, you know, the next few months to flesh it out with Peter Safran, what they were going to do. And then when they made the announcement last week, I didn't want to throw myself out of a tall building. It was great. (laughs) Um, I think that they're, they've set themselves up with a framework I think it's probably the best way to put it. And they have a plan for television. They have a plan for movies. They have a plan to keep people for projects and, you know, rope them into 10-year contracts, which I think is good because it shows they want this kind of longevity that they've had elude them for so long or in a manner that's eluded them for so long. That being said, I'm hopeful. What he announced with the 10 projects they announced didn't make me worry too much. I think that they were working with a pretty clean slate mm-hmm. and they want it to be, it sounds like he wants it to be fun. Yes. And that's something that has sorely been missing from most of the last wave of DC movies is fun. I mean, they've had jokes. They've had these things that are like, oh, ha ha, you made a, you made a funny. That's great. But, right. but the movies have been bleak. For yes. honestly, they've been bleak. Yeah. And, you know, with DC having some of the most recognizable properties in the world, and for people to be like, I came out of that movie and it was just like, meh. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should follow. And for Marvel mm-hmm. to come out and bring C and D list characters and put them as, you know, the heads of their own movies and people to come out, that was fantastic. I had a great time watching this. I would watch it again. It just kind of seems like, you know, fun sounds like something that we, we need from the DC universe and, yeah. and something that's a little brighter and more hopeful. So that's Ant-Man, my that's my Ant-Man's the perfect example. When I heard they were making an Ant-Man movie, I'm like, really? And then I saw yeah. it, I'm like, okay. Oh. I was wrong. I'm in. Yeah. 
Iron Man when it came out. Iron Man not an A-list superhero. He was not an A-list Marvel title. Well, they had sold off all their A-list people. Yeah, and in Spider-Man, where they're two A-list properties, and they were sold mm -hmm. off other companies, and they came out with Iron Man. I'm like, I have no desire to see an Iron Man movie. He's never been interesting to me in the comics. And then I saw it, and I was like, yeah, no, this is good. So I think you're right, Robert. They've been able to do that, and Ant-Man's another great example. Guardians of the Galaxy, when they announced that, I was like, that's it. This is going to be the big flop for Marvel because <laughs> nobody cares about a talking tree and a and a talking raccoon. But now everybody does. Everybody does. And there's yeah. two there's two roller coaster or two uh, attractions in Disneyland in Disney World because of that. Yeah. And the and Volume Three is coming out this year, and I think it's one of the most anticipated movies of the year. So yeah, yeah, uh, Marvel's been able to do that, and I think part of that is the tone has been so different because. It's fun to go to a Marvel movie. Like, I have to gear myself up to go see some of the DC movies that have come out. With yeah, the they, had a few, they had a few exceptions. Um, Shazam, Aquaman, Aquaman. to me, was fun. I mean, it yeah. was silly, but it has to be. Like, it's Aquaman, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Shazam's an interesting one, and it's a good place to start with a lot of these announcements because Shazam, Fury of the Gods, is coming out um, mm -hmm. shortly here. Uh, and I feel a little bit bad for Shazam because James Gunn kind of almost dismissed the character out of hand. It was like, you know, we're going to have our main core properties and then there's Shazam who's always just kind of out there doing his own thing. It's not really part of anything anyway. And Fury of the Gods is coming out. And oh yeah, that's that's happening. Like, yeah. is there a future for Zachary Levi and Shazam or is this is this his final ride? Well, his recent tweets didn't help, but I think that he's <laughs> going to be okay. Um, is he going to be more okay than Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I, I, so I, think, I think he's going to be okay. I don't think that Shazam's going to be on their big plans, but I think a, a lot's going to depend on the box office on this one. I will counter um, that. I think I, Shazam think would be second, right. possibly third, not Gods and Monsters. Right. I think it'll be like chapter two, possibly chapter three. So we'll see something. I would love to see Zachary Levi back and um, Asher Angel. Yes. Uh, depending on, you know, um, how he ages up right. and whether he can still play the role. But Zachary Levi is a, I mean, going back to it, fun mm -hmm. Shazam. He, he plays, it's it's literally big with superpowers and he does yeah. that so well. Yeah. He, he was a great casting for the role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I see Zachary Levi as a big main title superhero for any other superhero, but Shazam, it, it works because it works, yeah. And that's the one thing that DC has done well is their casting. Like their casting has been really, really good for the most part. Zack Snyder was more interested in deconstructing heroes than he was in building up heroes. Yes. And I think that we're gonna get the opposite of that with with James Gunn and with Saffron, at least from their discussions. I love the idea that they're bringing back a Superman who is inherently good, who isn't, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but conflicted. And I mean, he's going to, he's obviously going to be conflicted between being Kryptonian and being, you know, raised by the, by his parents and stuff. But I like the idea that we're going back to the traditional Superman. And I think that's going to set the tone um, for everything else. And, and Jake, you mentioned when they were talking, I think James Gunn, and Peter Safran were in a really, really difficult spot because DC is a mess <laughs> and they're trying to clean up the mess and then build for the future. And so you've got the flash, well, you've got Shazam coming first and they said that leads into uh, flash. the flash. flash. Then the yep. flash is going to reset the timeline. Yes. Um, and also lead into Blue Beetle. Then you've got Blue Beetle, which is a standalone. They said that is like completely by itself. And then they can go right into Superman and start. start no, Aquaman 2. Oh, you're right. Aquaman 2. Yes. And, and yep. then into Superman. Yes. Correct. And so I'm excited about Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle has the opportunity for DC to be like their Iron Man. And that people have heard of Blue Beetle, but there's not a lot of people that are going to be overly familiar with Blue Beetle. He's not... He's not Batman, Superman. He's not the Flash or Green Lantern or even Aquaman. He like if you're familiar with the DC properties, you've you've rubbed up against Blue Beetle, if nothing else, and you know 
And you might even know there's multiple blue, ble blue beetles and things like that. But I don't think people are super familiar with this character. So right. it really is an opportunity to be one of those titles that, if they do it right, could be a really big success for them. It could be a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. It could it's also, and it also, I think, will be something they could use to tie into a younger audience as well. I agree. Because the younger audiences are going to know Blue Beetle from Young Justice. Correct. Um, yep. and, uh, there was something else that he was in recently and I can't remember what it was. One of the other animated features from, I think the tomorrow verse he's popped up in, yep. but they'll have at least that, uh, recognition. Some of the older audiences are going to recognize the name from, uh, the nineties and two thousands justice league international with Ted cord. So right. it's got a chance to pull a number of people in and on a long shot uh, older audiences may know it from you know the uh dan garrett days i mean that that's going to be a little bit more of a stretch to get an audience that old into the theaters for this newfangled blue beetle movie with yeah. a younger kid that they know nothing about the the nice thing is is word of mouth on this from the beginning has been quite high people are are the, the insiders who have known about the production say that it whereas batgirl was troubled from the beginning. Like you heard all sorts of stuff and you kept going, well, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe this is just rumor, but when it kept adding up, but it's been the opposite with blue beetle. Um, it was originally a, a just going to be on HBO max, wasn't it? And then they decided yes. to up do to the theater. So that's a good sign. You know, though, what's interesting is you talk about, you've heard really good things about blue beetle and it, I think blue beetle is late, summer this year early fall I think so. like it's later this year but before that we have the flash movie which everybody at the studio is saying look this is the best superhero movie i've ever seen period yet we have not seen a single trailer teaser footage anything from this movie aren't we supposed to next week with the super bowl, super bowl. is that supposed to be there finally see something at the super bowl yeah and as long as it's not him Watching a car flip over his head in slow motion, and yeah. him playing with hot dog, you know, getting a hot dog, I'll be okay. If it's almost <laughs> anything but that, I'll be fine. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be a very pivotal movie for the DC Universe because it does kind of reset everything. It's going to be based on the Flashpoint storyline, how much, mm -hmm. you know, we movies don't know. take liberties with that, obviously, with what's in the comics and and things like that, but um, we're supposedly going to see two different Batmans in it, we're going to see two different Flashes in it, at least. Um, so it'll be one Supergirl. Yeah, and we're going to see Supergirl. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm just nervous that we are this close to release, and we're just barely getting the first trailer at the Super Bowl. I think, I think a lot of it was the problems that Ezra Miller's had. I think that's a huge part. I, I, I think Wait a minute, Ezra Miller had problems? Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> no. and, and to be honest that's one of the things that concerns me the most about this because yeah, yeah. one of the things that dc has not done is distance themselves from miller in the middle of all of this and, and with all of the outcries from fans and people in the in media going you might want to just reshoot i mean it's been done before you're right. you're ways in but it can be done and I will be, I have to admit, I am kind of proud of Warner Brothers for going, he's troubled, we know this, he's he's taking his steps to, to get his life in order and to make restitution, but I, I don't know if the if the iceberg has gone too far in at this point, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's my concern too, and especially because of how easily they, they've cut ties with some of the other actors that have been involved in some of the... And who are far less... Yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah, but I mean, yeah. you're there's, far better for me to talk out of turn. Story. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't make those decisions, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an interesting move, and that part is a struggle for me because Ezra Miller obviously has had a lot of issues behind the scenes. Yeah, um, and but but I think it's interesting is that they did not announce another Flash, and then James Gunn did say it's going to kind of depend on. He said, you know, Ezra Miller is in treatment. We're going to wait and see how they handle that. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's a very smart way to go. Yeah. 
especially this far in, like Robert said. I mean, it's cagey. Film was it's, it's a very like, cagey. It, I mean, it's a very slippery film, slope, too. Wasn't this film first announced before the TV show even started? Like, no. it's originally, I mean, it's been a product. It's been. Well, I think they announced it back like 10 years ago, and then they started filming like five years ago or something. Well, they started filming after Justice League. Yeah. Once it once it did to be honest, it did fair numbers at the at the box office because people okay. were just like, oh, we get all the B characters in one. Um but yeah, I mean they'd announced it, you know, close to a decade back. Yeah. Uh, it was I think that was shortly after they had originally announced Black Adam. Mm-hmm. When because that's that's been a fifteen year process to get that out. Yeah. So, but DC has also had one other problem really quick. And that's that they've had something on their books that will literally not, would not allow them to have a character in more than one medium at a time, which is why like you never had more than one Superman TV show or movie out at a time. Batman never appeared in more than one thing at a time. You know, they might've had a cartoon and they pitch it way younger. But for the Uh longest time, DC was like, it's going to confuse audiences. And then Gunn comes out with, you know, his announcement last week. Well, we're going to have two Batman and one of them is going to be Elseworlds, which is something they should have done for the beginning. I agree a hundred percent. And that, and that brings up what we mentioned before, because we were talking about all this interconnectivity and they said, but, and there's a big, but there, there are some projects that aren't going to fit in there. And those are going to be Elseworld titles like Matt Reeves' next The Batman movie, like the next Joker movie. And I agree, Robert. Why didn't they do this from the beginning? Elseworlds is such a brilliant thing in the comics because it's given us amazing stories that you can go back in their standalone graphic novel type stories that are fantastic. And they could have done this all along. I think the problem is, is that they put, they claimed that they put Zack Snyder in charge. But Zack Snyder didn't want to be like like the guy at Marvel. He didn't want to be Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to be Feige. He wanted to concentrate on his films and give input on others. And so you didn't have anybody really kind of making these long term thoughts and decisions. It was more of, well, let's throw this at the wall or let's try this. Oh, and then and in the meantime, they had Jeff Johns in there as well, trying to run everything. And I love Jeff Johns comic book guy like did a lot of great things for dc comics wise but he's got he's no guy for this role and movie production and come on he gave him the keys to the kingdom and he didn't even know what to do with it unfortunately right, right. And but, no, they kind of, but they kind of threw the keys after that at Zack snyder whether he wanted him or not and and as i've said before i think snyder is a great visual artist right give him give him source material right and go here's watchmen use this as your storyboards and put it up there and make it look pretty fantastic i mean watchmen looked like a moving comic book 300 right. same thing but if you kind of go hey zach we've got a rough idea I want you to flesh it out and go from there you yeah, get yeah. batman versus superman which is one of the worst superhero films in the last ever yeah. <laughs> superman 4 I'm sorry, Superman 3, which never happened. Right. Well, I don't even know what you're yes. about. Oh. I remember <laughs> the movie. I remember Superman 2. And and it was Super- Superman Returns after that. Superman 4. And I was like, I don't know why they skipped that. <laughs> Funny, because I thought it just went 1, 2, Returns, and then uh, I, the Crisis. I, uh, I like the Richard Pryor. Closer. I'm sorry. But, I'm not Pryor, sure that we can be friends anymore. <laughs> I, I love Richard Pryor. Don't get me wrong, but that movie was a dog. Oh, it's terrible, but I grew up with it. So there's like a little soft spot in my heart for it. But I agree. Drunk Superman flicking peanuts at his reflection. As, as a Superman fan, the fact that I'm willing to own Superman 4, how I really feel about Superman 3. Because Superman 4 is not a great movie either. I have never seen Superman 4, and I am That's proud of that. That's for peace, okay. right? What's that? That's the quest for peace. Yes, the quest for peace with the the solar man guy. That anyway. Oh, that's right. I don't want to spoil it for you, Robert. If you're going to no, go, you're not going to. No, there's there's <laughs> almost no chance of spoiling anything for me with this. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, but, but speaking of Superman, we've we've kind of mentioned this already. Uh, that is going to be the next movie after Aquaman. 
Uh, I'm I'm glad Aquaman is still part of the DCU, and I'm hoping Jason Momoa went and met with with James Gunn and Peter Safran. Said the meeting went really well. Mm-hmm. He was really excited about what came out of that meeting, um, which is great. I would like to see him continue to play Aquaman. Um, the rumors of him playing Lobo. I mean, he'd be fine as Lobo. I don't think he'd be bad, but I don't know. I'm excited to have him continue playing Aquaman if that's what yeah, happens. I agree with that. Yeah, and. Um... I think one of the things that's really smart with this lineup um, that we talked about a little bit is you have some major staples, right? You've got Superman. You're going to have a, a new Batman, which is very interesting with, with uh, the new Robin, which yep. we can talk about in a minute. Um, yes, and then yes. you've got um, Amanda. Then on the TV side, you've got Amanda Waller. You've got um, the Green Lanterns, but they're saying that that'll be like a, uh, uh, true detective type story. In yeah. Spain, you have these weird things that nobody really knows about, right? So then you've got the creatures, creature uh, animated show. You've yep. got the authority. So there's there's a lot. Booster Gold, even though he's fairly well known, but he's not a, a main main household. He's name. a Blue Beetle. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Booster Gold as a TV series, I. Sign me up for that because I right. think I'm his there. character lends itself to a weekly sitcom type series because of who he is and mm-hmm. what to play up for the fame and everything else. I Booster Gold is a, is a great character. Uh, I mean, he's not my favorite superhero by any means, but he's a great right. character in the DC universe, and so I'm excited for that. When we talk about Superman, he's James Gunn has said he's writing this one. He's he's saying this is going to be a younger Superman. A quote that I've got here. Uh, my my brother actually shared it on social media, and of course now it's going to be gone. Hold on. Uh, the quote that he shared was, "He is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned." Yes, but I think that's kind of true for a lot of people's expectation of Superman, especially for Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at the '78 and the, the Christopher Reeve era movies, you know. Clark was Midwestern, you know, wholesome. Gosh, oh, it's swell, Lois. That you know, he's that guy, right? And yeah. the world around him, honestly, wasn't all that great. I mean, if you looked at the Daily Planet, there was—I mean, they were not all nice people in there. No. Well, Perry White. I mean, he was a little hard nosed. He was, uh, yeah. but I think the Perry Perry was old school newspaper guy, so I get that. Yeah, right. But I mean, some of the other reporters just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, Clark, do your thing. Yeah. <sighs> And I think that Superman, I think that one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most is seeing that seeing if Gunn can write a Superman story that brings out the person who's both hopeful in the people around him and their ability to rise above yeah. and inspirational at the same time, but without making him jaded like Boring. our last Superman was. To be fair to the former regime, you know, they were trying something different and they literally brought us a Superman that outside of an Elseworld we had never seen, which yes. is somebody who questioned from the beginning, what should I do? And you had yeah. Jonathan who was like, maybe people should die in order to keep you safe. And I'm like, as a father, yeah. I understand that. As a comic book reader, however, that is not the Jonathan Kent that I'm used to seeing. <laughs> right. Trouble with Jonathan. There's no way he's like, no, nah, I'd probably be better to let people die, son. So you're, no. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I, mean, like, I, I like Kevin Costner, but that, that was yeah, not, that rubbed that me. was, yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I would like, I think they can do it. I look at Captain America as being a similar type of yeah. character yes. and Paul has handled that really well post Avengers. So winter soldier and on, I think they've, they've done a good job. I felt like they made him, in Avengers, he was a little too cheesy for my taste. His suit was too bright. He okay, was but what about First Avenger? Okay, First Avenger was amazing. <laughs> but so that's America. So it was act. amazing, cheesy, and then back to good. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I'm there now. So First Avenger, he's not playing in our world yet, right? He's still right. back in the 40s, and everything kind of fits and blends in. And, and he was still over the top, like, you know, I don't like bullies. I could take this all day. I could, you know, whatever. But... 
they, bringing him into the modern world is a challenge, and I think Marvel has done that relatively well. Yeah, so I read something earlier, and I wish I could find it quickly, about Steve Rogers in Avengers and his attitude, because he was a little cheesy and he was a little bit naive, possibly even jingoistic at that point still. Yeah. But the, somebody made a really fantastic argument about that, and I realize this is a DC thing, so I'll make it short, um, about how, for him, everything that he'd fought for and ditched that plane for happened for him two weeks before the, the events of Avengers. True. Yeah. And, you know, he wakes up and Fury's like, uh, yeah, you got to go do a thing, but we're not going to tell you all the things. And, oh, yeah, we're using this as a power source. We're making weapons from it. And, 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 and he's like, didn't I just put this thing away so that nobody could do exactly what you're doing? And that's mm-hmm. why he was a little salty with, with uh, Fury in the first yep. movie. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Maybe they've done a better job than I give them credit for in Avengers. I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on Avengers. That's a different episode. Yeah. But different I, I like the fact. I like the fact that they're coming out and leading this all off with Superman because that's going to be kind of their bedrock, and yeah. we're going to know really early on if we're going to like the way that this is going to go. I disagree. There is a lot writing on this movie. Uh, and only I only disagree mm-hmm. for the fact that I'm, I'm hopeful that they do. I really do hope that this works out the way that you're saying. But I don't think that one and done is really going to tell the tale. I think that they could True. come out and be, it could be gangbusters. And we could just be like, this is amazing. And then the next week could just be like, well. That's oh, a good point. But They got but lightning think, in a bottle. Can they get it again? With but the I third think movie. if you're going to get the audience trust, you've got to do it on the, on the first try. Like Iron Man came out and we were all like, okay. But I think gonna, that's Blue Beetle. I think it's actually going to be more Blue Beetle because since that's yeah. part of the part of the Gods and Monsters slate, mm-hmm. well, actually it's before that, but they're still right. using that as kind of their bridge movie. I think that seeing how this comes out is going to be a lot more critical to people's willingness to go, do I shell out however much it is for two people to go and get popcorn mm-hmm. and everything and sit in a theater for two hours and go, didn't we do this before? And wasn't it just as bad? Right. So you've right. got to you've got to also work against that. I mean, that's true. They've got a huge uphill climb, I think, yeah. to get out of the hole that the old DCEU set up. Yes, yeah. I agree. I, I like the fact that we're not getting an origin story with Superman, much like with the Batman. We were just like, here it is. Boom, here he is, and I, I'm he's already at the Daily Planet. This there's already a world of superheroes. We don't have to introduce that. We don't have to do the mom pa can't thing. I'm but sure that they'll play a part in this. Where he came from, Tracy? How am I going to know where Superman came from and got all his powers if they don't give me the origin story? I mean, how did Batman become Batman? What happened? He got beaten by a radioactive bat. I watched Batman last year. I have no idea why this guy dresses up like a bat. No idea. What he was going to a goth party and just got turned the wrong turned around. And- <laughs> Like, oh, here's some guys I can beat up. Okay, well, here we go. This works, yeah. I agree. We've we've seen the origin story. It's good. We can jump in. Uh, also, for the movies, we have The Authority, which I am not familiar with The Authority I'm at all. I'm not this familiar movie. at all with them. So, I think this is actually shrewd on their part, because this is actually one of the Wildstorm titles that DC yep. uh, folded in 30 years ago. Um, and The Authority is, uh, one way to think of them is like, a Justice League that's not necessarily amoral, but they're willing to break things to fix everything else. And yeah. they, their moral code is not necessarily more flexible, although it is for some of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. But they're the ones who are like, we came to fix this. Trust us and you know we'll take care of it. But they're, um, I think that it's a fantastic move to go. We're bringing these, these characters in um, that are similar in some of the power sets that you're used to and some are just completely different mm-hmm. and characters that are going to be completely new to a lot of people and i think that's great personally i think they should i really hope that their second wave includes some milestone characters i would love to see that yeah it it uh it will be interesting because it is such a different they are such different characters than what you're seeing in superman and so you're going to get a good juxtaposition there and i'm hoping that watching the authority is going to feel very different, but still part of the same universe. And I think that will be important to set that tone because yes. 
early on, Marvel was able to do that in a lot of ways with their characters, and I think we need to see that again. Whereas with Snyder, it felt like this is like a Batman comic that Superman happens to be the main character in, and it doesn't need like it needs to feel different from movie to movie, but the same. Exactly. I think you're going to get that with Gunn. I think he's going to allow different directors Mm -hmm. and filmmakers to play, and there'll be a sandbox with with walls that they have to stay within, but they can build what they want inside of that sandbox. That's the feeling I get. And it's a good opportunity, too, for some good representation. I think one of the main characters in The Authority is part of the LGBTQ community. A couple of them are. Are there a couple? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, because you're going to have Midnighter and Apollo. Um, right. And I think that... And they're married in the comics, is that right? They are, and I don't know if they'll bring that in you know, right up in right. the movie. They say that for Authority 2. Spoiler, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that, yeah, getting some representation in the movies would be good. I'd love to see a little bit more. I was, I, I mean, I, of all the ten titles that they announced, I, could, I think that they've got like two African-American characters that are prominent. Right. Which is like, I, you know, it's something, it's a start. Um, and he's, you know, working with not just having to get representation, but bring all the characters back to people that they love and bring them back in familiar context. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. More is always better, but at least it's... There's something. The starting yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... Movie-wise, next we have The Brave and the Bold, which is going to introduce the DCU Batman, and his Robin, which is going to be his son, Damian Wayne, who's a little turd, I'll be honest. (laughs) You're not wrong. Well, I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, like, he was raised from birth to be an assassin. I mean, come on. Sure. That's true. But but I mean but think about this though. So we get Batman with Damien, and if they keep with if they're trying to tie all of the DC multimedia packages together, this does mean that we get an adult Nightwing, we yes. get an adult Batgirl, we get yes. an adult Red Hood, and, and possibly even a Red Robin. And an older Batman, which and would be hard to contrast against the younger Superman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for all of that because again, we don't have to we don't have to start at the beginning with these right. characters each time. Their their stories established well enough. We have seen Batman and all of his like multiple multiple times. We don't need to reestablish the character. So let's bring in. I don't want to wait twenty years to get to Damian Wayne <laughs> and a grown up Nightwing and a grown because we'll never make it at the rate these. That <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, in that aspect, I'm excited for it, um, and I love the title "Brave and the Bull." That was one of my favorite cartoons with Batman in it. Um, I I don't know how you bring Damian Wayne into a movie that would be the same tone as Batman: The Brave and the Bull cartoon series was, but I think that the Brave and the Bull movie will be closer in tone to the comics than yeah. to the cartoon series, yeah, um, and it's going to have to be when you're bringing in a 11 to 13 year old assassin as Robin. It's like, oh, we can't quite play in that in the in the cartoon sandbox. Yeah, so I think it's yeah. going to be a little closer to the older seventies um, and eighties Brave and the Bold, where yeah. the stories are going to be a bit grittier. And uh, quite frankly, I look forward to a gritty but not grim dark Batman. Yes, yeah. and I love the fact that he's got to reconcile this kid. Like this is my kid who I haven't known. Like, I didn't know I had this kid. I didn't raise this kid. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of responsible for And he's going to reflect, like, the the worst impulses of Batman <laughs> back onto him. And Batman's mm-hmm. going to have to be like, oh, crap. That's, <laughs> that's myself there. You know? <laughs> it's a very different dynamic than we've seen with any of the other Robins. Because yeah. you, the other Robins do the opposite, right? They bring the best out of Batman and he's darker and they're trying to pull him sometimes. Robert disagrees with me. I'm 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 going through Rob as I'm trying to think Dick. Yes. Jason. Not so much. Well, yeah, but nobody liked Jason. That's why they killed him. But they brought him back. (laughs) Well, I know. (laughs) The fans didn't like him. The fans killed him. I I just walked through my DC fans. They killed off. No. And and, you know, that's fine. I mean, Jason, for a while did, but then Jason went down his own dark path. Right. Yeah. Um, Tim, I think, was good for him because it brought Batman 
back. Yeah. And Damien was a challenge and continues to be a challenge. Yeah. So it'll be interesting because it'll be Batman that will be bringing Damien back from the brink. And that's going to be a new role that we haven't seen on the screen. To be fair, we haven't seen a lot of Robin on the screen. Uh, we are not going to count Crystal Bottle. And we are going to count Joseph Gordon Levitt. No, we had, a, we had a Robin costume in the Batcave. Okay. Yeah, so Jason Todd is on screen, or at least his costume. I'm assuming that was Jason Todd. because I would assume so. But who knows? We'll, we'll yeah. never know. We will never know. I don't know how to break this to the Snyderverse fans. It's not going to get restored. They're not going to ever bring Snyderverse back. It's time to move on. All right. Um, and then we have Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited about this one. I've Super heard the, the, the comic Girl. was fantastic. Yeah, the comic was. Really I, I haven't read it, but I've heard it's fantastic. And just from hearing them discuss it, um, when they were going through the slate, I like the idea that she's going to be very different from Superman, like to have that contrast to, to, to play against. I think that'll be very fun. Interesting. Hang on a second. Cause you just reminded me of something now. Um, we're getting a contrast with Batman and Robin by mm -hmm. virtue of their characters. You're going to get a contrast with um, Superman and Supergirl mm -hmm. because she grew up, they're keeping the Argo origin and she comes to Earth with a completely different perspective than he has. We're also going to get on the TV side, we're going to get um, the Lanterns with John and Hal. So I think right. we're going to see a lot of inter interactive character play mm -hmm. between our some of the leads and how yeah. they approach different things. Yeah, I like that. That's really smart on DC's part because as you go through the list, like you said, that becomes very apparent that that's intentional. And I think that's really smart to, to build that in. Um, the final movie that we have on this slate that was announced is Swamp Thing. Listen, what can you be except excited for Swamp Thing? Right? <laughs> I, I nothing want, about it. I wanted Guillermo del Toro to do it, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, but rumor is James Mangold. Um, who did Ford versus Ferrari, who did Logan, who's doing the next Indiana Jones. Um, I think he could do a home run. And that's a very interesting character that could be very cool on the big screen. If you go back and look at some of the artwork that Bernie Wrightson did for Swamp Thing, it's outstanding. Yeah. And this could this will be not only their entry into horror, but they could also go into more of the supernatural and we could follow the comics and get a John Constantine out of this as well. Yes. yes. I, it could that be the not surprise me. Justice League Dark and, and all of that, which is not a bad thing yeah. either. And, and really looking at these, you mentioned Superman kind of being that jumping off point, Tracy, at the beginning. And I think each of these films can really be a jumping off point for a lot of different things within the DCU. But not to be left out, there's some good stuff coming to <laughs> I guess we're still calling it TV. It's going to be streaming on HBO Max. It's what it is now, right? <laughs> uh, but but another one going into that monster's vein is the creature, creature commandos, which I'll be honest, sounds like a really bad like Hasbro sponsored Hanna Barbera. It, it sounds like a Nintendo sixty four game. Yeah, it's it's actually. I think that they were originally in the 60s when they first came out. Uh -huh. uh, the Creature Commandos, and it was, you know, all of the monsters of the DC Universe mm -hmm. who were drafted into military service <laughs> somehow. <laughs> basically. Listen, if I've learned anything about U.S. military history, we'll draft I'm <laughs> dead, doesn't matter. You got a pulse? No, that's okay. Just keep going. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you don't have it. That's totally fine. Frankenstein's going to get in there. But I think it's I think it's going to be one of their more fun, more out there, like Doom Patrol was yeah. for the last slate. I think that it'll be something that people will be like, okay, let me check this out. It will be nothing that most people expect. Hopefully, it will be just a really fun ride. And it, it highlights for me a lot of what DC has going for it as far as their vast. Uh, library of characters that they can draw on, you know, as, the, as they folded in like the Wildstorm characters and the other image houses that they bought out, um, Vertigo and things like that. Like they've got some characters that they can tap into. And with HBO Max being available to them, this cartoon can be like 
the Harley Quinn cartoon where it's yeah, TV yes. MA, even though it's got a cheesy name. I think that term that's that's uh, an exciting thing for some, like people are going to listen to that, and that's intriguing, I guess. Uh-huh, yes, and those. Yeah, and and I really like the fact that um, James Gunn did say that each story is going to determine what the rating is basically going to be. He's like, yeah. we're not going to have a, a rated R Superman. We're just not. But Creature Commandos could very easily be a rated M. Swamp Thing with its past is probably going to be rated R. R very easily, absolutely. It's probably going to be Waller R. If Waller is definitely going to be an R. But I like the fact that you've got Creature Commandos, which you have one of the greatest villain names ever with Dr. Phosphorus. I just love that name. I think that is fantastic. Um, But you've got Weasel from the Suicide Squad and then followed up with Waller, the TV series, where she played a prominent role in Peacemaker, Mm -hmm. who was in the Suicide Squad. And so I think that's going to help lead into those. And and using Waller as an example, I think that's one of the... I think they're using some of what came before as an interesting soft bridge. Uh-huh. Like I, I was delighted when they announced that we're not getting a third Amanda Waller bonus points. Right. If you name who the first one was the first live action Waller was. I, I knew this at one point because I actually picked her in uh, Craig Price's cast off to replace Viola Davis in uh suicide squad, but I can't remember the actress. Angela Bassett. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who should have been storm, but it's another story altogether. But I love the fact that they're keeping Viola Davis because, quite frankly, she has come to embody what I expect to see for um, Amanda Waller on screen. Yeah. And to be honest, she's a phenomenal actress. And apparently she yep. just got her EGOT tonight by getting a Grammy. Did. Oh, awesome. awesome. So we know that she's a phenomenal actress. But the what? fact that the writers have also nailed the character, who's is somebody who's just like, that person needs to die. Go kill him, or you know we'll blow your head off. And has yeah. no compunction about it. Yeah. And I think that you know it's just great to see that they're having that kind of soft through line that continues. That's not necessarily Elseworlds. Yeah. yeah. When Gunn was uh, directing Peacemaker, he said when she so like he's like she's the nicest, most genteel woman you'll ever want to meet. But as soon as she becomes Amanda Waller, she scares the sleep out of you. <laughs> Although perfect, it is interesting, Robert, when you say they're taking the things that kind of worked before and still carrying them through. And it's interesting that one of the things that obviously worked with James Gunn in charge is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Hmm. He does. He has one. said it's not going to be the Gunverse. He did come out and explicitly, yeah. explicitly say, "Yes, there are people that I've worked with before that are going to continue working with, but this is not the James Gunn universe. This is the DC universe." And, and I think and, that I think that, that awareness for him was important. To be yeah. able to go, yes, I've got the keys to the kingdom, but I am not, you know, cruel, but I'm not even a benevolent overlord. I'm just like the guy who has the keys. Yeah. Right. That being said, he is writing Superman, the authority, uh, probably going to have his hand in a lot of the wall. He wrote uh, Creature Commandos. Yeah, Creature Commandos. But Creature Commandos doesn't seem like a stretch for him, to be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of these to combine, I'm thinking Creature Commandos, yeah, that's, that's, that's right up your alley. About the most with him writing is Superman. He said all the right things, so I'm okay. I'm going to be optimistic. But, cautiously. Yeah, yeah, cautiously, yeah. yeah. Only because I've been burned by DC before with Superman. It's fine. Comments. <laughs> he doesn't matter. Show me uh, the book where DC hurt you. <laughs> I can show you six that they put into BVS. <laughs> So uh, we did. We talked about Waller as a series that it will have characters from Peacemaker uh, involved. That will be live action, where Creature Commanders will be animated. But the same actor who did Weasel in Suicide Squad will voice the Weasel in. And, and Gunn said that was something that was going to happen throughout with the animated characters. Yeah, the animated uh, characters and even the video game characters will have mm-hmm. the same vocal. As the actor in the live action, yeah. Uh, and then we get Booster Gold, which we kind of hit on a little bit. Uh, I'm expecting it to be over the top, insane. This guy is not good at his job of being a superhero, but that's all right. That's what makes it entertaining. But it, it, but he is. You just don't know it. it yeah, could, it it makes <laughs> me think of the the TV series Chuck, where you have this guy who just is going to kind of bumble his way through it, but yet somehow I, like. 
done at the I end. Booster Gold is more like Michael Scott as a superhero. Like, That's he's true. Like, really, really hard, but he has no idea what he's doing. That's a good point. I, I will agree. I think that this is true for the beginning of Booster Gold. I think yeah. that he got he got there. And yeah. I think that once they started, once they got past the show him as a bumbling superhero, show yeah. what he's really doing. And, you know, they show that he's actually protecting the time stream. Yeah. And he has to do this to keep people from unquantum leaping what he does, basically. Right. And I'm like, and as somebody who grew up, you know, with Booster Gold number one and loved the character when it came out. And, you know, I was just like, that's the perfect twist for this character. Because quite frankly, he was one of the most shallow, selfish characters in the 80s when he came out. It was like, well, capitalism. And he, and he evolves, obviously, and changes. So it'll be interesting to see where they take him in this show. Yeah. Uh, but I think it has the potential to be really entertaining. And I hope they cast the part well and and all of that. Uh, and then we've got Lanterns. A yeah. true detective style show. Uh, centered on intergalactic cops, John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Um, They've already done this in comics. Final yeah. Crisis. Yeah. Well, and and I think that it's a partnership that works really well because they are very different characters, depending on which Hal Jordan you go with. Also, depending on which John Stewart you get. Yeah, that's John true. has John has changed slightly over the years. They've made him less angry. Yeah. And more centered. I think that. You know, finally going back and giving him the Justice League animated series origin and tying that back into his backstory calmed him down a lot. Um, because he was, if you read the first, uh, was it Green Lantern 87, where he first shows up, not a happy guy. I mean, not a, he's very focused and he's, that part is the same. But I kind of want to see a bit of a, not quite best friends, but guys who have that potential to get there. Like Kirk and Spock in the yeah. mm-hmm. in the uh, Kelvin universe, yes. where they do not like each other at first. I'd I love that and see how they evolve into a partnership, and mm-hmm. that evolves into a friendship. I, I agree. I would love to see that. I think that sums up the relationship really well. Kirk and Spock in the Kelvin universe is fantastic and frustrating and everything that it should be <laughs> in storyline. So it works really well. And I'd like to see that with Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Uh, I'm just excited to see hopefully some decent Green Lantern. Uh, <laughs> Not CGI know, suit. Yeah. That could have been so good. No, right? uh, no racetrack. Yeah. Nope. The racetrack was actually fine. The racetrack, because it, it should have been Hal, I'm not sorry, it should have been Kyle doing a racetrack, but the racetrack, I think, was a fun, silly thing that, I mean, let's face it, Hal Jordan is known for giant baseball bats and giant boxing gloves. So, a racetrack, Hot Wheels track, not that far not off. Not that far. <laughs> no, there was, there was a lot wrong with the Green Lantern movie. I don't think Ryan Reynolds was the problem. I don't think all of the special effects were it. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that movie. We're hoping it's Atlantis a, will be better. We will just, yes, we will just go. <laughs> yes. In gun we trust. again, I like the idea of this being a detective show. And you've got this wacky um, creature show. And then you have Superman that we know. And then you have, everything feels different, but yet still can fit under this umbrella, which I'm very excited about. Because as much as I love Marvel, sometimes it does feel a little homogenized. Right? And so I like the fact that this, this is really risky to me. This is like taking some big swings, and I'm here for it. Marvel has taken taken a couple of risks, yes. but nothing has been that far afield. Right. I, and the fact that that they announced so many disparate parts of the universe. I mean, you, get, you definitely get superhero, but you get supernatural in a couple of things. You get spycraft in another. Right. And we and don't know. Different genres. Like yeah. the spy thriller and some other things. But, exactly. And yeah. we don't know. We know that they're supposed to work under the same, in the same universe, but we don't know how yet. And I think that getting to find out how that works yeah. is going to be part of the, hopefully that's part of the journey they're crafting for the audiences is to, is to make it fun for us to find out. So if you've got these people doing, you know, effectively checkmate over here at Suicide Squad, and you've got, the most powerful being on the planet over here 
and then you've got the authority who are just like, we're just going to do what we want. How do these three play in the same sandbox and not, you know, come to loggerheads all the time? Because I actually kind of want them to. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be fantastic to have them go, look, you just stay on that side of the line. We'll stay over here and <laughs> don't come over here. Because the authority would be like, I don't care if you're Superman. We're doing work. Step off. Mm-hmm. And it's, so I, it's, I look forward to that kind of soft antagonism between the, the, the groups and the different areas of it. You know, Creature Commando, somebody, I want to see, you know, Batman go, oh God, that's, that's horrifying. To me, that's horrifying. Yeah. I'm going to be over here in my cave and I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. You guys do it. I don't want to deal with that. I'll, I, that, that quiet antagonism, I think will be good to build some of the tension, um, to get us to some of the stories, you know, the concept for Batman versus Superman is not a bad concept. We just weren't ready to get there yet at the time. We that didn't it do any out. build up to it. Right. Just, and I, this is what this, we're going to do. Where we're going to get characters and stories and things like that that are going to get us to some of those movies where you're going to get the crossovers or some of those series where you're going to get the crossovers. And it's going to make sense that they're butting heads a little bit and that they're, you know, antagonistic. And they're going to know... I, I'm hoping that they're going to live in a universe where they know who each other are. Like they know Superman's going to know who the authority is. Right. And they, you know, lanterns are going to know who the creature commandos are, you know, and be familiar with each other. So when they cross over, it makes sense. Like they're going to understand their reputations. Batman and Superman are going to know that they're out there doing this stuff. And it, it's, I think it, it has the potential to be much more cohesive and make much more sense. Yeah. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got one more show. We've got so, uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come? Or not Kingdom Come, the, the Wonder Woman. The oh, Paradise, Paradise Lost. Paradise Paradise Lost. Thank you. How did I miss Sorry. Kingdom Come? Because I would be on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's phase three. Any series on HBO Max. Sign so, yes. me up. So you do get an Amazon show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep, and they've described that as Game of Thrones style show set in Themyscira. I can never close, say that. Close enough, we'll give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, home of the Amazons. So that, this is the the potential to be a lot of fun as well. I agree. I think it's going to be CGI heavy. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, a la Game of Thrones, because I mean we're going to see. I think we'll see the mythological pantheon here. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun to have some kind of crossover where somebody comes off of Paradise Island, comes to Man's World, and has to deal with the creature commandos. I think that'd be awesome. Or yeah. even Swamp Thing, you know, dealing with some of the mystical and metaphysical stuff. Uh-huh. But I think that they're finally giving us, giving audiences, a look at what shaped Wonder Woman. Because we really haven't seen much outside of the Patty Jenkins movie. Right. And she was there for, you know, the games, what have you. And then she's out. Or... Before that, it was really um, Linda Carter, whenever she'd oh. call home and talk to either Carolyn Jones or Phyllis Diller, mm-hmm. which was an odd choice for Hippolyta, but hey, go with it. <laughs> um, a little bit of trivia for you there. Phyllis Diller was the original Hippolyta on that show. I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Not Phyllis Diller. I'm sorry. Cloris Leachman. I apologize. Yes. It was Cloris Leachman. Right. Still. Not not exactly what you would expect, but we never, you know, we saw we saw a little bit in the seventies, you know, whatever she'd go home for something or, you know, talk through the magic mirror to her mother. But I look forward to seeing something's like so. There's a, a whole island of Wonder Women that are doing all of this, mm-hmm. and the potential for that series is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I I think it'll it it could be really really good, and that's the thing. Looking at all of these titles. And what they've described is I look at all of them and say, that could be huge for DC. Yeah. Could be putting together the right formula mm-hmm. here to, to be successful. And it, it may be coming at a good time. Marvel, I feel like, is starting to turn out a lot of very similar stuff, movie mm-hmm. after movie. Um, which is not a bad thing because I like the stuff that they're turning out. Listen, if I like a cheeseburger from a certain place, I want to go back and have that same cheeseburger day after day. I get it. But sometimes you want something different. And I think DC is, it may be in a good place to bring us something different in a lot of uh, the titles that they've got listed here. So yeah. 
I'm cautiously optimistic. Sounds like they're going to continue to do animated stuff. They're going to continue building the games and including that in the universe, which will be great. So down the road, do we get a Creatures co- Creature Commandos game? Do we get a, a Lanterns game? Um, so uh, the last one of the things that I read this week about their video game or Gunn's thoughts on the video games is to have them as filler between movies. So they will be set in the same universe with the same characters, but it'll be like something that happens between movie A and movie B. Right. But but still there will be a through line there that, that works, which I think is great. I like it. I mean, if you want people, I think that's a great way to get people to go out and buy the games that maybe wouldn't otherwise, because, well, if I want to know what happens in the storyline, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and pick up this game. You know, it'll be people like me that will go out and pick up the game and play through the first third of it and get stuck at a certain part where I can't get through. <laughs> and then I'll have to read online what happens. So I understand where <laughs> But that's fine. I'll still buy the game. And at that point, they don't care whether I finish You'll it or not. You'll listen to Cutscenes and Cupcakes to find out what happens. Yeah, that's right. I'll go to Cutscenes and Cupcakes and have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fact that we're not like... He, they didn't announce a Justice League film. They didn't announce anything like that. They're, they're doing... They're building, which is what they didn't do in the previous um, administration, if you will. You yeah. know, the, the yeah. previous regime did not set things up they just said well that's working for marvel we've got something similar let's do that i don't think it was even that i think the last group was just like marvel's printing money over there we can get in on that and they just started throwing things and going we didn't build you know the audience was like okay we got superman and we know that these other characters are out there and then we'll stop batman versus superman halfway through and show you three trailers for three other characters that you heard nothing about yet Right, and then put them all in a movie in the next movie. But we're going to give like, you a we're going to give you a different Batman that literally brands people and shoots them. You know, look, dude has been doing this for years. He's tired. He does not have time to for an extracted fight. He's like, look, <laughs> y'all need to get done. We're out. You're getting branded. You're getting branded. You're getting stuck to the floor. Um, you're going through the floor. You good? All right, let's go. <laughs> there are storylines in the comics where he does hit that point. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the Batman that I like, and I don't think most people do. Well, right, but I think that they went straight to the Frank Miller-style Batman right. without exactly. getting to that. Right, And I think that's right. what threw a lot of people off, just like, you know, there, and there were those who thought that it was actually a great Batman and could make the mental leap, which is good for them. But there's a lot of people who are just like, Batman just branded a guy, and he put this guy through a wall. Right. Yeah, and you know, because some people, some people, to be honest, their their last Batman before that was Biff Pal Wham Batman. That's true. So that's a huge leap to make to go from that to to Frank Turner. I mean, not Frank Turner. Fred Miller. Yeah, (laughs) Frank Turner's Batman, and he's talking about his changes here and there, and he's kind. It's a totally different Batman. Totally different. Totally different. Frank Miller. Excuse me. I, I think we like we could have gotten there with Christopher Nolan's Batman, right? We could have gotten to the point yeah. where he's just kind of over it, and he's just—I mean, he retires. But if they had done a fourth Batman movie and he comes back, and he's like, "You guys, I'm tired of trying to clean up this mess. Now I'm just going to go hardcore." We could get there because we had three previous movies where we felt we could see that character development. To just drop in and this is the Batman that you're getting, it feels harsh. Here, I'll help you make this transition with something that my wife brought up after we watched Matt Reeves' The Batman last year. Mm-hmm. She said, if you look at Pattinson's Batman, Bale's Batman, and Affleck's Batman as the same Batman, but as a part of an arc, where Pattinson's Batman, granted they started him a year and a half, two years into his Bat career, right. he's still a bit raw and unfocused in what he's doing. He knows he wants to, he doesn't want anybody else to have that kind of a bad day that he had, but his right. anger is still very much on the surface. I mean, it's a bad day that we don't know what really happened because it's not in the movie. Oh, that's true. That's right. We didn't see the pearls falling. Um, and then, <laughs> you move, then you move to Bale's Batman where he's, he's come back to Gotham. He's, gone back to, to Wayne Enterprises. He's taken over. He's got a guy in, in the research and development department who's building him all the fun toys, and he's much more focused in his fight and what he's taking on and what he's doing. And then you move forward to after uh, The Dark Knight Rises into Batman vs. Superman, where he's retired, he's 
been out of the game, but then all of a sudden he's got to get back in. He's tired. He's broken. He's weary. And he's got to do this again. And he's the Batman that we see Ben Affleck where he's, yeah, he's branding guys. He's doing all this stuff. And as an arc, it's, you know, kind of like it follows a loose thread of the, the arc of what it is to be Batman and what it does to you. And it's just, you know, if, you know, you make that thread, sure. But for, for most people who just went straight into Batman versus Superman, it's like, but with Bam Pal. It's, right. it's, it's hard. And so I'm hoping that we get, that they give these characters time to develop and develop relationships. And mm-hmm. before we, we really get it to that point where they're, you know, Civil right. War in the Marvel Universe meant something because we'd had so many movies that came before. Actually. And you know, we've had two Avengers movies at that point, and anyway, it made sense. Right. But that the different philosophies and ideologies between Batman and Superman, you've got to develop that, and you've got to see that on the screen before you now say, okay, now you're going to fight each other, because... Yeah. Well, they, but Bruce Wayne saw Superman fighting Zod in Metropolis and breaking buildings, and he got mad because one of his... Those, one of them was his building. Right. Because we saw that in the first three minutes of that movie where he's just going <laughs> as he's driving in his Jeep through town just like mm, I'm mad. Superman's fault. Yeah. So now I've got to but, take him down. But speaking of Matt Reeves, I'm so glad that they are keeping the Batman and not trying to put him into this, this universe. Yes. yes. Just let well, it be its own thing, which I'm super glad about. And and this opens the door Sorry, Robert, what were you going to say? I cut you off. I no, 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 I was just going to say that that's great because it gives us Elseworlds. And I think that keeping the more out there versions of characters or the more out there origins or even just the takes on characters, they're still valuable. There's still something there that audiences want to see. And yeah. I think that by having an Elseworlds imprint, I think that it gives them the latitude to go, you know what I'd like to see? I want to see whatever random thing i mean if you know if we want to do a what if clark kent came to earth but landed in gotham city and get a speeding bullets batman right or get a holy terror batman and you know any of the storylines they can also do to take a take on the justice league a period piece and do something like justice writers where it's the justice league in the wild west led by wonder woman or there are so many great stories like i would love to see them say, hey, let's, you know, let's do uh, Red Sun and give Superman yeah. what uh-huh. happened to land in Moscow instead exactly. of in Kansas. And how does that change the outcome of the world? Or it, you mentioned Kingdom Come, Tracy. And again, my heart skipped a beat because that's one of my topics <laughs> ever. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> See that play out. And I think it gives us that opportunity to say, we can have these miniseries, we can have these series, we can have these movies that are outside the norm and it's totally okay. Yeah. Uh, instead of trying to shoehorn some of those stories into <laughs> the, main we don't need to do that. Keep us with the main continuity, keep those stories out of it, but still give oh. us some stories in some format. The nice thing is, is you now have audiences that are used to multiverses. They're used to multiple universes. This isn't anything crazy, but you're not going to try and shoehorn um, the the Joker standalone movie into Pattinson's Batman and then merge that into what they're going to do with you know it, it, it's just its own thing which I think is great yeah yeah and 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 it, then you get you get spinoffs I mean uh, they call it the the Batman Crime Saga which I think is a great uh, subtitle but mm-hmm. um, you've got the Penguin TV yeah. series coming and that takes place a week after the Batman and it will be about Oswald's rise to power in Gotham. Oh, interesting. Um, and then there's talks that they're going to do an Arkham series, which I would die for. I think that could be so well done. It's so cool. So yeah. that's kind of like its own little mini universe going on over here. Yeah. And there's just so much potential for that. And and it means that the animated studio that's been doing great movies can continue to do great movies yes. that that aren't tied in with the main continuity so they can keep making these movies that we've all enjoyed over the years. Because right. now- and that brings up one other thing because the current slate of DC animated features are, I think they labeled it tomorrow verse. And there's actually one that drops Tuesday, which I'm looking forward to because it's uh, Supergirl and the Legion. And as a 
huge Legion fan. I don't get enough of them in any media. So the fact that they're they're uh, doing that, I'm really looking forward to. And um, Gunn said that he wasn't sure what they're going to do as far as the Tomorrowverse goes with some of their their animated stuff because he's got his slate that he's working on. But I think that there's after this, I think there's two, one or two more movies that are still scheduled to come out this year under the Tomorrowverse banner. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see whether or not they kind of keep those and just kind of modify some of the storylines to be part of the DCU, or if they just kind of Elseworlds these and go, eh, these were fun. This is where we're going now. Right, right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I've heard some critics out there uh, talk about what, he, what was announced. I'm not sure if they're on board with what James Gunn is doing. Um, there's still plenty of the Snyderverse fanboys out there that are really, you know, wanting to go back to that um, and things like that. But I think by and large, James Gunn was a hashtag that was trending for a few hours, but that went away. Yeah. Well, and and when he, when they made the decision to let Henry Cavill go, I think that was another time that it was, Mm -hmm. you know, what is he thinking? I know for me personally, I had some reactions online. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But, But from a business standpoint, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think they're they're at least making decisions that show that they're going in a direction. Right. Now we need right. to see if it's the right direction. And I hope it is. And For I think the one of the things that people are not taking into account is that it's not James Gunn in a vacuum. It's James right. Gunn and Peter Safran. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that collaboration, I think, has the potential to help steer this in a proper direction, in a good direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I don't think it's going to be all James going to start. I'm just writing whatever I want without anybody looking over shoulder and going, pull mm. back a bit on this, or, or maybe not that at this point. Right. Right. And, and I'm excited as I'm a, I love Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but I, DC was the thing that I was into growing up and I, I'm I'm fine with both of them succeeding. And as a DC fan, there's finally like a little bit of light where we're going, okay, all right. This, you know, I, we're, we're like the, the dog who's been, you know, abused and you're like, you know, like you're kind of coming out, you know, like, okay, I might let you be nice to me, but you know, you're still wary. So. Yeah. The, I think the last time I was this hopeful was um, when they announced man of steel and some of the stuff that started coming out about man of steel. Yeah been over a decade ago now <laughs> it's been rough 10 years we'll, we'll see how it goes uh let us know what you think uh listeners and viewers of uh, the dc universe and the announcements that james gunn made last week um, what are you looking forward to what are you nervous about uh do you think it's going in the right direction uh, make sure that if you're watching this on youtube that you like and comment on this video comment below with of the titles that are listed, what one are you looking forward to the most? Um, and uh, we'd love to hear about that from you. And then make sure you subscribe to our channel or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Tracy, for being here and having thank this conversation with me. I always look forward to our chats about any number of topics. It's always entertaining and fun. So thank you both for being here. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you later. Thanks. Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production. 